0: Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at the BatmanUniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Season 14, episode 14, the incorrectly designated golden episode by me. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me...
0: This is Deb.
2: And this is Dio.
1: Today we have our updates on the news that was released at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Quite a few of titles and updates. And then, of course, we're going to review the first issue of Rom V's New Detective Comics run. So a lot to discuss there. Plus, we've got some listener feedback. And so let's get to it. First off, the news. San Diego Comic-Con ran over the this past weekend, and there was a bunch of Batman stuff. Not the thing that I was expecting. I am fully expecting that Chip Zdarsky will announce that he's doing Batman fail-safe war. <laughs> Some kind of crossover. I've heard rumblings that he's going to do crossover with Detective and Catwoman. I think that's going to happen after the first arc. And since he started in July, that means probably somewhere around... January. Um, I think that would line up with a New York City Comic Con announcement. So I guess it's a little early to be announcing something for January, although they have done that before. But plenty to t- plenty to talk about that was actually announced instead of my speculation. So first thing, Gotham City Year One, a six-issue miniseries by Tom King and artist Phil Hester. It's taking place uh, something like 60 or 70 years before uh, the events of Year One and uh, starring... Uh, Slam Bradley, uh, the classic detective character, and he's going to be investigating the kidnapping of Helen Wayne. And people have mentioned this is a connection to, like a parallel to the lindbergh Baggy kidnapping, and Tom King mentioned that it's like Chinatown, which, uh, just to let people sort of get prepared, because I'm certainly trying to prepare myself for this, means Helen Wayne is definitely dead. She is going to be super, super dead. She is not going to be alive. What do you think about Gotham City Year One?
0: Who's Helen Wayne?
1: She's like the great-great-great-grandaunt or something of Bruce Wayne.
0: Okay. Isn't Slam Bradley like a Catwoman contemporary? How is he in this one?
1: So, Slam Bradley is supposed to be, like, old in Catwoman, and his son, Slam Bradley Jr., is her contemporary.
0: Yes, but he's still... Uh, if his story is, like, 60 years ago, Slam would be, like, two.
2: I, I, I just don't get it, folks. That that I don't know. This is the problem with continuity.
0: <laughs>
1: well it's also the problem when slam has been basically ignored for 15 years it's true when you when a character goes away for that long their age and their whole history kind of gets unmoored because all the stories kind of get crumpled together in the ever-present sliding time scale i i am excited i um i hope that tom king is able to to make me fall in love with the characters but not hurt me too much with helen wayne dying and I love Phil Hester's art. I love the way it looks. It's really just energetic and abstract. Not abstract,
2: but um, a lot of good shapes to it. Yeah. Phil Hester ah. is not enough to make me want to pick up another Tom King book right now. That's that's okay.
0: I'm I'm interested. It's interesting that he's choosing to do something that basically has no connection to Gotham, other than it's Gotham long ago, and Sam Bradley is time warped for some reason. Maybe he. Well, maybe Sam Bradley... Well, yeah, 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 yeah. The Wayne ancestors, not the
1: Waynes, but whatever. At least it's not White Knight where it's the um, the valleys. Oh gosh, I don't even Such a dumb twist, guys. <laughs> like, I I don't begrudge anyone who likes White Knight. I think it's fine, but that
2: twist is just dumb. Yeah, that if, if there's one thing about the universe that I don't like is that it's that reveal. I was not crazy about that.
1: We got a bit more inter yeah, sorry information about Riddler Year One, which is a prequel to the movie The Batman, written by Paul Dano, who played the Riddler. They have a, a new not new but like an established European artist doing his first American comics work. Looks very dark and to use a buzzword, inselly. I don't know if you really really liked the Riddler in the Batman. This is probably really
2: awesome. <laughs> I really really did not.
1: Oh, As Steph is, says, is the hushler. Is the, criteria-
2: the hushler. Do I say that? Was it you was I it? I that. thought no. it was you.
1: yeah I didn't come up with that. Someone said the hushler. It is perfect. Yes, yeah,
2: that- uh, yeah. Go ahead, Steph. Um, no, I was um, um, going
0: to say that is that is the cri- proper criteria for for being excited about this book is liking Paul Dano's the Riddler which.
2: Yeah,
1: but you know, like it's good that he's interested in the character <laughs> and willing to do that. I hope people enjoy it.
0: Yeah, what did you think?
1: He's I'm not the, into uh, it. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> so here this'll be interesting. Joker season two. Um, they're not calling it season two, but branding it The Man Who Stopped Laughing. They're saying it's an ongoing, and as I predicted, it is written by Matthew Rosenberg. And this breaks my heart. Because art is by Carmine Di Giandomenico. Carmine Di Giandomenico. It's gonna look amazing. I'm not sad that he's doing a good book. I'm just sad because unless this is Another secret James Gordon title, I am not going to be buying this. Backup yeah, art will mo- be franco It
0: It probably will be an actual Joker Joker book this yeah, time. Yeah,
1: that's kind of what I'm thinking.
0: A violent, mind-bending new
2: series. What do you think, Theo? I'm just counting down to the release date so I can hear Ian says how much he loves the title. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't.
0: Watch it be watch it be a Steph book.
1: Oh my gosh, that would be so horrible, because I would buy every issue and all the variants, and I'd be like, oh yes, Joker's my favorite title again, and everyone's like, what is wrong with you?
0: That's <laughs> oh, good stuff.
1: All right. Speaking of something that I am almost one million percent sure will not be a title that I enjoy no matter what. Punchline, The Gotham Gang, is going to be sorry, Game is going to be a six issue miniseries written by Teeny and Blake Howard. Blake is Teeny Howard's husband. Illustrated by Gleb Melnikov. They poached him from Robin. Not an ongoing. It is going to follow up from the events of the Joker backups. What do you guys think?
0: So I've actually been kind of invested in that story. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying I need to find out what's going to happen. And when so many things are bad and nothing is good and then it just ended, I was I was minorly upset. So I'm looking forward to the story ending. I am not in any way interested in supporting this financially.
2: <laughs> Poparo punchline pass.
0: Yeah. That's how I should be, but unfortunately I got hooked just a little bit.
1: My biggest problem is that is Teeny Howard. I'm just so, so sick of her writing on Catwoman.
2: You've been sick of her since Excalibur.
1: That's true. I know she has fans. I know that a lot of people do enjoy her writing. And so, you know, I just, she's really ticked me off a Catwoman. So there is more Harley Quinn animated series comics. I don't have any comment on that. Do you? Nope. Who? Wait, what?
0: There's a Harley Quinn, the animated series Legion of the, of bats. What?
2: Was that a question for me?
1: No. <laughs>
2: okay. The video game Gotham
1: Knights is getting a tie-in miniseries called Gilded City, written by Evan Narciss and drawn by an artist called Abel. I've never heard of this. Evan Narciss sounds super familiar, and I don't know why, but this is going to be a story of just before Batman quote-unquote dies. I firmly believe that Batman is not going to be dead in the Gotham Knights video game, but they're pretending he is.
0: I have very little interest in this. I own all of the Arkham games and have never even installed them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. It takes a lot terrible. for me to sit down and play a video game.
2: That's terrible.
0: I have such a short attention span. I need to, like, watch something while I play a video game. So all games I play are, like, wordless, and then I can watch TV while I play video games. I am. I have a problem.
2: You're going to have to take your bet, fan, call away. <laughs> so I have zero interest in this only because I'm still PO'd. Over the fact that Gotham Knights is not going to be on the PS4. So I have zero interest in supporting this game slash book slash whatever in any way, shape, or form. Until it
0: comes out on PS4?
2: Well, it's not going to come out on PS4 because apparently they seem to think that the PS4 doesn't have the wherewithal to give us all the features to truly enjoy Um. the game. Idiots. So, no, I will not be reading this. And I won't be buying the game on PC because I am a PS4 player.
1: GCPD, The Blue Wall, written by John Ridley, illustrated by Stefano Raffello. Raffaele. It's going to focus on Renee Montoya as commissioner and her attempts to reform the police after Fear State and the Peace Peacekeeper program. <laughs> what do you guys think?
0: Do we like John Ridley? Remind me what he does. Is he? Is he's he I Am Batman. I Am Gotham. He's all the, I'm
1: a, he's all the Jace Fox stuff. Yeah. Isn't that terrible?
0: Actually, the part I like most about his books are the cops. So um, he might do a pretty good job on these ones.
1: That's true. Chubb and Whitaker are the more interesting parts of the book. They are the most interesting They parts.
2: are. <laughs> they definitely are. And, and and I am now, just to show how I've evolved, when Future State Batman first came out, I was interested from the fact that it was John Ridley, you know, the the... Hollywood writer, director, done all this stuff. I was interested. Now I'm interested in this title simply because of Renee Matoya.
1: I would be, except the way he wrote her in the last issue of I Am Batman just made me so irritated. It was so bad that
2: I don't remember that.
0: I'm not as sore about that. I think I'm I think I I read it through a different lens than you did.
1: But uh, I am still going to check out the next one because he promised me that Rene Montoya is going to be the question in the next issue. And I'm very salty that he's making me read it. Because I do love Rene question.
2: I, did someone see, someone posted, I think to the sense of they asked Greg Rucka what his thoughts were. And he wasn't too pleased. Did anybody else see that?
1: Really? Yeah. I didn't. Was Rucka, is Rucka on Twitter again? I thought he got off.
2: I don't know if it was on Twitter or what have you, but whatever it was, I and mean, it may have been an old post that was asked after she was made commissioner or something like that. And they asked about his thoughts on her being back in Gotham and being commissioner compared to the question. And you can make me look for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm technically in the Ruckus server, but I haven't asked him. And he's been really disconnected from DC. So he probably is going to say, I don't know. it's Not my, not my game anymore.
2: I really wanted to join that rucker server, but you got to go through Hell and Damnation just to get in. And I'm not putting my phone number. Sorry. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. You have to... There's a verification piece now where you have to... You talk about the Discord maybe, server? Maybe I
1: got in before they had that.
2: You m- must have. Yeah. The Discord server, you have to verify who you are, blah, 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 by using your phone number. Weird.
1: So, yeah. I'm actually really excited about the concept of GCP, the blue wall. I just don't... I'm just... Steph, you, you've you given me some food for thought, so I'm not as mad as I was before, but I'm still not <laughs> particularly happy.
2: Well, see, I'm trying to remember what happened in that last issue that he wrote with her. Was that right before Chairman Whitaker was transferred?
1: No, no, no. She shows up in the most recent issue of I Am Batman, and she's being Next. interviewed for the New York City Police Commissioner job.
2: After she was just named City but...
1: I know. Yeah. It's just, ugh. Okay. Now, Steph, you got to do this one.
0: Well, are you going to do Batman mm-hmm. Inc.?
1: I mean, that after that isn't it
0: Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. where did I put
0: it I mean maybe on your list but I'm just going through, through the list here oh, to I'm think. Doing it anyway here so I will mention something that I'm looking forward to solely because of the cover art because based on the description in the it's not mentioned at all but Damien and Little John are on two of the covers the main one and one of the variants for the DC's Terror Through Time number one which is written by a lot of people,
2: I've never heard of a lot of people who who, who is there.
0: <laughs> Sorry, there's a strange sound suddenly coming from my desk. Uh, Paul Levitz, Carla Pacheco, Jeremy Hahn, Tim Seely, Zach Thompson, and others.
2: Wonder how they got Paul Levitz back at DC. Has he done anything since at DC at least since he left as president?
1: Not really. I mean, when did he leave? Because he did like writing for. Like a good couple of years into the New 52, but he hasn't really done anything since then.
2: Yeah, I think he was still president when the New 52 started, I think. Uh, but who, who yeah, I like... think
1: it's been 10 years, maybe 8, 9 years since he's done anything so, that I remember.
0: It's 80 pages, so I'm just left to assume that 79 pages of that is going to be Super Sons, then everyone else gets to share one page. That's <laughs> how I assume that's going to go. <laughs>
1: The delusions yeah, on this podcast are serious. <laughs> I think we are going to need to get some, like, uh,
2: Benzos or something. Hey, that's not right, huh? Can't be right. What? Okay, no, he left DC. He left pre- as president in 2009.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Because that's about when Jim Lee and Jeff, uh, Dan DiDio were named yeah. co publishers,
2: I think. Technically, he was still employed there, as, I guess, as a writer, because.
1: Yeah, because he wrote oh, Huntress and then World's Finest for a bunch.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But, I mean, that was still, like, 2012 when he left or stopped writing those titles, I think. Batman Incorporated got a cover by John Timms. Um, we knew this was coming in October, but we have an actual release date. It looks awesome. They got Nightrunner on the cover, so I'm very excited about that. I don't know. We I feel like we already sort of talked about this with the annual, so not anything really new. I just like the cover. You guys like the cover? No?
0: Um, eh? Is fine, it's fun. It's all the people. Hopefully they're actually in it. And not just as nameless, faceless, you from Japan, you from wherever.
1: I don't know. I thought the annual did a decent job of giving them more stuff yeah. to do.
0: No no, I'm 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 I am the annual has made me hopeful that this will be a
1: good book. Yeah, based on what Williamson did I would be like super depressed. But based on what Brisson did in the annual, I'm like, Oh yeah, this could be good. Yeah. And lastly we have a new Batman and Scooby Doo team up. Uh, ongoing. looks like an ongoing rather than a 12-issue miniseries. uh, Again, by Sholly Fish and Ivan Cohen. And Daria Brazula on art. So that'll be fun.
0: Uh, (laughs) Scooby-Doo's not my favorite. Yay to you if you love Scooby-Doo. It's never been my favorite. I mostly Um.
1: love that Sholly Fish just loves digging through Batman history. Like, he did a Birds of Prey team-up with Huntress, Black Canary, and uh, Batgirl, and that was really fun. And then he also did a. Um, like the last issue of the most recent miniseries was like every single Bat Family member ever showed up, and it was really fun. So it's mostly because I think Shollyfish does a great job of writing in actual Batman stuff rather than any real interest in Scooby Doo. All right, let's get to our review of Detective Comics 1062. <laughs>
2: Detective Comics, number 1062, Story 1, Gotham Nocturne Overture. Written by Ron V. with art by Raphael Albuquerque. An opera goes on at a Gotham theater. As attendees watch in an astonishment and horror, one guest is apparently missing. Where is Bruce Wayne? He's at the east side dockyard as Batman, watching over a smuggling ring. With the numbers, he feels he can take them down in 18 seconds. He springs into action, but unfortunately, he misses his mark. He disposes of the smugglers in 22 seconds. Suddenly, there's a mysterious sound. Batman turns and finds Bruno Moroni, Sal's nephew, approaching him, talking in an unknown language. Batman realizes something is wrong as Bruno changes into something far worse, a giant brute who has Batman in his sights. Batman does his best to take on the giant monster but he can't get the upper hand. The monster goes in for a killing blow but is shot in the head by an arrow and falls to the ground. Batman gives chase to his savior to find that it's none other than Talia Al Ghul. He criticizes her for taking the life of another. She informs her beloved that what he faced was not human and was far from dead. Suddenly, the monster rises to the roof where Batman and Talia are speaking. As Talia turns to leave, she warns Batman that something is coming and his old rules have him unprepared to tackle it. As she leaves, the monster falls and dissolves into ash. Back at the garage under underneath his brownstone, Bruce is running a series of tests on himself. Everything appears normal, but he still feels like something is off. As he runs on a treadmill, Nightwing checks in on his mentor to find out about the night's event and why Bruce is running all these tests on himself. Something's off, Bruce tells Dick. The events of the night proves it. He just needs to find out what's wrong and fix it. They discuss the antiques that the smugglers were trying to bring in, including a box that Bruce can't figure out. <laughs> Elsewhere, Ozan meets with his mother, who has come to see him off on his trip to Gotham. Their legacy depends on his success, and despite his objections, she has assigned others to accompany him. She's also sent another, Gale, to Gotham before him to prepare for his arrival. Gale is speaking with the men who are at the dockyard about their failure to deliver on their end the, with the antiques they were smuggling. They attempt to explain how things work in Gotham, but Gale is hearing none of it. He kills the men. Outside, cloaked goons kill the other smugglers waiting outside. Gale tells them to leave no trace of their presence. Back at the garage, Bruce is dreaming. He's dreaming of the demon Barbados, who tells him to wake up and listen. As he wakes, Bruce realizes that the box he was observing is now playing music. It's a music box.
1: So, how do you react to this first issue? It was very difficult for me to figure out what this comic was going to be, because all of the... All the interviews and all the solicitations were like, it's an opera. It's like moody. It's all like what it's like. It's not telling me the story. So I didn't really know what to expect other than I was excited because I really like Rom V's Catwoman. Um, so how did you react to this first uh, issue?
0: Well, I was confused, I guess. Just, I mean, it's very noir and very dreamlike, very nightmare-like. I felt like it would have felt fit right in with nightmares or whatever that was called. Uh, it's very dark, ethereal. What's that called? I don't know. Flater Mousie. It's interesting. It's very disjointed and confusing, though, because we're not supposed to know, right? Who, who that dude is, and what his deal with his weird mom is, right? We don't know. Is that? Is that well, a I was character?
1: wondering if it was that guy from Ramvi's Weasley's Catwoman Run, Siddharth Roy, but no. The, these guys are named uh, the Arzen family. So yeah. I don't know. So
0: it's it's interesting. It's 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 kind of cool question mark <laughs> that that uh, we're we're presented this beginning to a story and we don't know what's going on. So we'll probably be figuring it out along with Bruce um, also what's wrong with him, why he's having these weird nightmares, and why he feels sick, unless he's just getting old, like Dick said.
2: The highlight for me is that as I finish the issue. I realized it wasn't the opera because I was not excited about that. You know, I'm not a classical opera fan. So I didn't, I wasn't truly excited for that concept. So, so other than those first few pages and the dialogue that we got near the end, I was okay with the story, even though I don't know where it's going, but it's only because it's part one, and it's a new run, and I really hope, within these next three issues, that things get tied together. Because, again, I, I, there's a nice bit of action, but, I don't know, I still don't know where this is going to lead us.
1: So, I I think the first thing I'll say is I did like it. It drew me in. I I really liked... The moodiness, and I like Ramvee's voices for all the characters. I have no idea what's going on.
0: <laughs>
1: Obviously, he's setting up these South Asian gangsters to come in. They probably have some kind of supernatural thing based on the way they dress and the way they talk, and the fact that one of them has like bright yellow eyes. But I have no clue. I don't know how Batman's going to fight them. I don't know how they turned that mobster into a giant monster. It's very mysterious, and I think that's appropriate for the first issue of a mystery. I just hope that it's, uh, you know, a well-plotted mystery. I think it probably will be. I'm just... Uh, hard to see uh, the forest for the trees right now.
2: All I gotta say is for all you Bruce Talia fans out there, she's still around. Conspiracy still abound.
1: What do you think about Raphael Albuquerque's art this first issue?
0: So this is not my jam... And, um, but it's perfect for the setting. Like, I don't know if a different art style would have worked well with what I'm assuming is the type of story that he wants to tell. So, it was great for what it was. It told the story it needed to tell. It is not my preference, but, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like I put in my review, you know, Raphael is not my favorite Batman artist his style kind of go along with what Steph was saying. It, it seems to fit what Ron B is writing. And you know, the the story that I use as an example of where it also fits was his run on all-star Batman uh, with Scott Snyder. But it is, it's not, it's not the best only because I don't like his take on the characters. I mean, how looks almost manish in that one panel.
1: She does have a lot of muscles.
2: Yeah, I just it, it it's not my cup of tea, but if it's what if it's the theme of the, of the story.
1: So I actually really like Raphael Albuquerque. I kind of liked his older style. He did a a Robin spoiler special back in two thousand eight. That was very clean lined, but still had his really appealing sort of unique way of drawing faces and stuff, and it was very dynamic. Uh, he's really evolved since then, especially when his work on American Vampire with Scott Snyder. Uh, that's a lot looser, a lot more expressionistic, and very, very horror inflected. The last DC work I remember with him was at the beginning of Rebirth. With he did the first arc of Batgirl with Hope Larson, and the last arc of All Star Batman with Scott Snyder. I really didn't like his work on All Star Batman. It was way too loose. I didn't like. It felt really, really sketchy. It didn't feel very controlled. Um, his background was a little better, but it still felt... I, I think he was going for really exuberant, and I think that I kind of would have preferred a bit more restrained, because um, I like it when his pencil's are a bit more restrained. This felt more restrained. Um, it's still expressionistic. It's still got a lot of horror. I really liked it. I, um, I was expecting it to be looser, and so I think that the slightly tighter style of the pencils uh, really worked for me. I really dug this art. And as part of why I, I would say I did like this story even though I still have no idea what's going on. Um, I I felt the characters. I felt the mood. I really felt the mood of the story. Um, And I felt, you know, the the horror of the villains and the monsters that Bruce is facing. I thought it looked really cool. Are there any connections with what Rom V's done for DC before that you'd like to see? I haven't read his swamp thing, but, you know, his cat one was great. I'd love to see some connections with that. Similar to how I'd love to see, you know, Zdarsky connecting to the night and the Cheers story that he did for Urban Legends. Uh, anything you guys would like to see Romby sort of bring in as a, like a reference? Obviously not like a core story element, but like a reference that would make it all tie together.
0: I mean, yeah, the, the, the Red Hood story and the Catwoman run, sure. I don't know. I like it when the books interact, but it makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah, See, like, nothing from his Catwoman run. And again, I'm like, you haven't read his Swamp Thing, uh, only because it wasn't Alec Holland. Um, But I don't see how anything in this Catwoman run can fit in, at least in this arc. Now, what we see down the line, who knows? I mean, he says uh,
1: he wants to be on the book for two to three years, so... There should be some time for him to bring in stuff like, you know, some of the strays and some of the police people he worked with in. Was he in the Narrows? Like, what was the specific district? Alleytown, right? He was working. in So if, like, he asked Batman visit Alleytown, I could see maybe some of those cops show up. And I think that'd be cool, you know? Seems like this is going to be, like, a very import-export type of crime story. Um, And Alleytown was a port part of Gotham. So could could work. Let's move on to our backup. Dakota,
2: part one, written by Cy Spiria, what art by Donnie. Jim Gordon returns to the dilapidated site of the former Arkham Asylum. He's on the job. It's not the job that he wants, but considering everyone that's been avoiding him since he's returned to Gotham, it was the best he could get. He needs to find someone. Jonas Redding, the son of Annie Redding, has gone missing. And she needs help. Jonas is troubled and hangs with the wrong people. His mother loves him and wants him back home. Her tips lead Jim Gordon to the old Arkham site. There, he finds several dead bodies, but he also hears someone else moving. He calls for the person to identify himself before he is swiftly struck. As he picks himself up, Jim calls out for Jonas. The person responds that Jonas isn't his name.
1: How do you feel this story connects with the characterization and storyline that Jim Gordon just went through for a year and a half under the writing of James Tynan IV in the Joker storyline?
0: Um, well, I think they basically say it, right? It's He's feeling useless now. He's feeling a little used, but no one wants him around anymore. I guess Joker was his last big hurrah, and now he has to face retirement. And he doesn't want to. <laughs> so um, I don't know if it's like super connected, but I think emotionally it, it makes sense for him to, to branch out like this. I know that when I quit my engineering job, I had to figure out a new normal and a new way to live and new things to do every day. And did when you my disappear fo-
1: into the bottle, though?
0: I, I did, I, you know, no lie. I disappeared into the couch for a good month. Like <laughs> I, I would sleep and then wake up and take a nap like that was my day until like twelve one o'clock I just my body was just so happy not to be going to work anymore I just had a total meltdown and then my father-in-law called me and he retired and he was like what do I do with my life now I was like well you pick a new normal and if you want to be a helpful productive member of society maybe alcoholism isn't the way to go um but I can understand how you'd want to escape when you have so much clout and power. Not necessarily that Jim cares about power, but he's powerless now to do what he wants to do, which is to help people. That I guess it kind of makes sense, but it's also a little sad. I don't know. Kind of reminds me of um crap. What was that Russell Crowe movie about him going crazy, but he thinks he's solving like World War II codes? Anyway.
1: Whatever. Oh, A Beautiful Mind.
0: Beautiful mind I was like Da Vinci Code Is that (laughs) 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 Wrong Wrong one Um,
2: Yeah Totally different actor
0: Totally different actor Totally different story
2: (laughs) Yeah Um, So I say this As the person Of the trio Who Read The least amount Of issues Of The Joker Um, Man But This This seems like Rock bottom you know, it makes me wonder how much time has passed since the last issue of Joker and this story. Uh, but, yeah, Jim just seems he's he's hit the floor and he can't fall anymore. And I mean, when your own daughter is saying, yeah, just enjoy retirement just to avoid you, that kind of says a lot.
1: I, of course, read every single issue of Joker and then decided to read them all in one night because I loved it so much. Um, and this feels like a slap in the face because Jim Aww. Jim ends the Joker having not defeated the Joker, but he's defeated something. He's made the world a little bit better. He's fought evil. And like it, it's totally stolen from Silence of the Lambs. But he talks about how at the beginning of the book, he can't sleep because he keeps hearing the Joker's laugh. And at the end, he says... I don't hear the laugh anymore. You know, it's the, I don't hear the lamb screaming anymore. And this is just like, and then he just becomes a drunk and everyone rejects him. I'm like, that is so unsatisfying. Um, And I understand, I understand you have to go somewhere to build a character. You have to start at the bottom to build up. But it, as someone who literally just finished Joker, this is not anything like what I wanted for Jim Corden.
2: Yeah, and again, like I said, that, 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 that's what makes me wonder how much time has passed between the end of Joker and the beginning of this. You know, how, what what caused him to hit rock bottom?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, this could very well. I mean, Joker just ended, but, like, that book was delayed. So, like, James Timon could have been thinking this is basically just after Fear State, which was a year like, ago. almost. Well, okay, like six months ago. But still, it's like a good chunk of time.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, I am, Ian may disagree, and he probably does since he already said it. I am interested in this story only because it seems like, again, that it's a I've hit rock bottom, it's now to pick myself back up type of plot. And I'm hoping that between this issue and part three, which is the last, that, you know, Jim has some type of redemption. Um, But that's just me.
1: I just don't think he needed redemption where Tynan left him. Tynan didn't leave him in a bad place,
2: and so now he's in a terrible place. <laughs> but it's even James Tynan, though.
1: That's all I'm saying. It's
2: not, it's not JT.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know there's a I mean, bunch of Cy fans, not a lot of them on our podcast or in our community, but I talk to a lot of them on the forums, and they're like, oh, man, Cy is the best. And I've read several of his things, and I just do not like them. So I will admit I was a bit biased against it, but... and. To say, here's, I'll say some good things. I do think that the way it builds to the last page is a nice, effective cliffhanger. and It does make me want to keep reading. I just was, the the transition from the Joker to this backup was such, it was so shocking to me that I'm still really struggling. What do you guys think the art by Danny is like? We've had Danny, we've had to cover Danny issues quite a bit in the last year. What do you think about it here again?
0: I mean, it's fine. Again, I wouldn't pick it. It... Well,
1: let let me make it a little more specific. How do you like the Danny art compared
2: to the Raphael art in the first part of the book?
0: Raphael connects his lines.
2: (laughs) That's one of those questions where, you know, you put the gun to the head and say, okay, which one?
1: Yes, that is exactly what I want you to say.
0: Okay, I like the Raphael art better. Yes. Oh, yeah,
2: Easily. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Easily. I mean, again... Raphael, Raphael is, is not a bad artist. He's just not my favorite Batman artist. And, but this, oh God. It's I muddy. was having, I was having David Lapham flashback. <laughs> that David Lapham. is, is uh, I mean, it's just not good. Again, I know they're trying to get a style that fits with the theme of the story, but damn, it's just, it's i mean you you can't you can't even tell that that's Jim Gordon without the, the without the writing saying that's Jim Gordon I mean he looks overweight, his face looks bloated it's just
1: i mean if you go on a six month bender, it's just gonna happen
2: i mean it's just it's just bad uh, uh, it's just bad <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I didn't like the art very much, especially since I really did like the Raphael art so. Fortunately, we do know this is just a three-parter, so two more months,
2: and we'll see something new. Which is weird considering um, Overture as four parts. You know, usually you would think they were in at the same time, but yes. guess not.
1: Well, that leads to my next question. Uh, do you think this backup will matter? Do you think this is going to set Jim up for a new story, or do you think this is just like a short backup day in the life of Jim?
0: I kind of hope it's setting him up for something. Because the way it's sort of framed, it sounds like he's going to... Like, I can see the end of this being Jim Gordon opens a detective agency or something. I
1: don't know. Well, technically, he has a detective agency already with, with Harvey.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. But here we are. Maybe they forgot. But I don't know. He did go to Arkham and it's like, what is he? It's like, Arkham is as old as the city. Arkham is the city or something. I don't know what it was. But maybe... Jim is crazy. Maybe it is Beautiful Mind and he's sitting in the padded room somewhere.
2: (laughs) Padded room. (laughs) I was trying not to laugh.
1: Do you think... So we've, we've had this conversation going since the backup started. Back in the beginning of Infinite Frontier. I think it's pretty clear that this backup is not going to connect to the main story. Do you think it's reasonable to expect a different writer to coordinate with the main writer?
0: I mean, if you can expect crossovers, you can coordinate your backup writer for three issues. <laughs> um but that doesn't seem to be the route that DC has been going these last couple of years with the backups in both DC. I mean, well, I guess I guess we had the get to know Ghostmaker but that still had nothing to do with Batman, but it did introduce a character that they weren't taking the time to introduce well in the main comic, which was acceptable because that's another way to do it. But yeah, just having stories that have like similar vibes. is just a little weird.
1: Yeah. I really love backups, but uh, like as a concept, but when, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about backups in greater Gotham, but I have been known to buy books for the backups. Uh, this is- Case in point, to uh, the Gotham Academy uh, backups for Batman. I did not like the Williamson run, but I did love those Gotham Academy backups. In this case, I dislike this backup, so it's kind of like dragging the book down a bit for me, even though I am liking the main story.
2: And, that, and for me, you know, my biggest gripe with backups has been, have been the fact that they have zero connection to. The main story, and then we get Chip Sadowski, and he does the backup, and it's tied to the main story, and I'm all giddy and happy again. And now I'm jealous of Scott because he gets to review two stories in one book that actually connect to one another, and I get David Lapham Jr. <laughs> and I, I, I just don't, I, I don't understand how. A universe, as big as it is, can't tell stories that connect with one another. That's just, I don't know.
1: Yeah, if, I it, it,
2: it, Again, stories like this, backups like this, just further convinced me that it's a money grab. I mean, just like we've had several backups that were reprints of... Other stories, just
1: well. That's add. just in um, uh, uh, future, future state. state, and that's because future state is trying to justify its cost and not being color and stuff. <laughs> and they don't advertise the backups in future state at all, which is bizarre. I I don't understand future state on so many levels. <laughs> you don't.
2: You're not supposed to understand it. That's that's the job.
1: Okay. Well, wow. let's give and he it. Let's give Detective Comics 1062 a rating out of five arms sticking out of chests.
2: See, see, so wait, so since you bring that back up,
0: <laughs>
2: I really hope we don't get too much barbados. I hate that character. I hated it in Return of Bruce Wayne. I hated it doing um, metal. I hate it i just hate the character so what is it
1: it's a demon that's sort of intertwined with the history of gotham and connected to bruce through the dark side thing that quote-unquote killed him in r.i.p i i hate barbados in the morrison run and in snyder's metal i actually really like barbados in hawkman uh but that's because it's basically a completely different character and is hilarious but that's like a completely separate Barbados. So this is much more the Morrison Barbados who's a demon, who's spiritual and connected to the curse of Gotham. And I'm not into it. But how many stars, how many how many arms sticking out of Batman's chest do we give Ugh. this
0: comic? I give this three with potential to review it after the other issues come out and maybe give it more. But for our first issue, it is could be good, it could go so wrong. But it's 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 fine. it's good. It's fine.
2: I gave it a three on the site, and I'm going to leave it at such.
1: I'm giving a three point five because, as I said, I really enjoyed the art a lot more than my co-hosts. and I think the fact that i I had such a good time despite the fact that I don't know what's going on speaks to just how powerful the craft of Ram Ramby's art is. So I think it's really good. Definitely held back by that backup, which is not working for me. I know a lot of people are enjoying it, but it's not working for me. So that gives us an overall score of 3.17 with a mode of three. And the mode is all Stefan Theo's fault, so I can't be blamed.
0: You didn't have to mention it.
1: (laughs) I did,
2: though. You really didn't. Just hush. (laughs) And I don't mean the character.
1: (laughs) Ah, are you meaning hush or the hushler? Let's get. Uh, for the for the record,
2: uh, one of y'all will have to read that book because who's not reading it is this guy.
1: I mean, my policy is basically I try and read the first issue of most miniseries, and then if I like it, I keep going, and if I don't, I'm just like, well,
2: I am making that except- exception only for the Tim Drake book, only because you two told me I had to.
0: Until you had to.
2: Wait, why did oh, I tell yes. you you had to? Because it's the first issue. Well, I think that we should generally. Especially if
1: it's like a main continuity book. I, have I mean, zero, the thing I, about the thing about Riddler Year One is that it's not at all in any main continuity.
2: So yeah, exactly. But I, again, I have zero interest in what Fitzmartin Martin has done with Tim, and I really well, don't want I'm, to follow. Him. I'm with you there. I don't care ah. that Noah gets kidnapped. I hope once he gets kidnapped, somebody throws him off of the the justice statues that. <laughs>
1: Don't that, say that. He uh, might end up as the new uh, Oracle, and then what are we going to do?
2: <laughs> and, uh, whatever. At least
0: it'd be I, interesting.
1: I like to I trust scan... Finn Martin to make it less interesting.
0: I scan number ones to at least see if there's something I'll maybe like in there. This is why I didn't like, read the Mech Book, and I didn't read oh, something else. <laughs> oh, right. DC vampires? I don't know. Whatever it was.
2: I don't read any DC versus vampires, but I will buy the hell out of the variant covers. Mm
0: <laughs> hmm. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TBU
1: Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right, guys, let's move on to Greater Gotham. Batman, Mm the night number seven. Batman and Zatara.
0: Thumbs up. It was great. And Zatara was great. And the relationship was just flirting. And it's fine. It's great. It's wonderful. Thumbs
2: up. The fact that Steph is given a... Because it, it's obvious that those two have a connection. And the fact that she's still giving it a thumbs up only makes it even greater. So, Well, th- I
0: also liked that Bruce is like also magic i was like yes he hates magic
2: the
1: exploration of bruce and magic in this book was perfect like zadarcy is just doing so good it was so good oh my goodness i i have turned into a zadarcy fanboy and i feel bad but like i also don't feel bad because it's really good
2: i mean okay so change change the topic so we 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 discussed batman last time 125 but i didn't realize that that first issue of his run on batman Actually, came out the same day, or the day before, or the same week as Daredevil one, number one, the oh, new yeah. volume, right? Uh, he, now. He, like <laughs> he wrote about that in his in his Substack, which, which was also good.
1: I haven't caught up with Daredevil. I kind of do like trade waiting for Daredevil. It's really
2: you, you, so if you're going to do that, you need to make sure. And again, we we pardon we interrupt our regularly scheduled TBU comic podcast to do Daredevil and Chip Sadovsky. <laughs> Uh so if you're gonna do that Ian, you're gonna need to uh definitely do Devil's Rain.
1: Cause... Yeah, I, I read all of Devil's Reign. So I'm caught okay. up to the yeah. end of Devil's Reign. I read uh the, the event and I read the Woman Without Fear miniseries and I read a couple other tie in issues.
2: Oh if you if you've read Devil's Reign, you'll be okay with starting number one.
1: Yeah. Well, well I'm just vibe. I'm probably gonna wait till the first arc is complete and then, you know, read that and keep going like that.
2: Okay, well I won't spoil it for you.
1: No, don't okay, do that. We... What? <laughs> By Virgin ears. Oh, <laughs> all right. We now,
2: you, we, we now return you to your regularly scheduled TVU comic book.
1: <laughs> Nightwing number ninety-four. Well, no, did Co rate? Uh, I thought he she... gave it. Yeah, he gave thumbs up. And if you can't figure do... out that I gave it thumbs up, then you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs>
0: Nightwing was it? That number
2: ninety-four.
0: Said... Nightwing number ninety-four. Um, what did I say? Hold on, I wrote it all down. Uh, oh, thumbs up. Yeah. Wait, no. It thumbs up. Yeah.
2: The fact that it took you this long to say thumbs up disappoints me. I just want to say that.
1: Yeah, what is this, what you happened? self-proclaimed co-host of the oh. Tom Taylor cast? What, is-
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was happening in this one again? Oh, right. The the sister.
1: It was yeah. like the, the fake out where.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was good. Lockbuster that was fun. Blockbuster
1: figures out that Sonya Zuko is the mole.
0: <gasps> you spoiled it. Yeah, that's how it ends.
1: Well, yeah, sp- <laughs> We're talking about it. <laughs> This yeah, is not like the spoiler-free it. podcast. This is the <laughs> all spoilers, still, especially Stephanie Brown podcast.
2: I am still disappointed that the fact that it took her this long to say anything written by Tom Taylor. <laughs> <that comes laughs> up.
0: Hey, no, we the, we we give Tom Taylor thumbs down.
2: We give him thumbs down on Son of Calhoun. Yeah. So yeah. Theo, what did you, I mean? I don't
1: need to ask, but let's ask because what it's polite.
2: You, you don't need to act. The entire story could have been terrible, but the one panel with Dick and Babs and Haley makes it all worth it. So uh,
1: I am going to, in the interest of intellectual honesty, give this a thumbs up. Oh, my God. Wait, I got to write this. I got to write this crap down. Hold this, on. This was a well-done issue. It was not <laughs> preachy and obnoxious. It had good relationship moments. It had a well-plotted arc. Um, unlike oh, no. other issues, which I, I feel like I've been honest and given it a thumbs down, not just because I dislike
2: <laughs> yeah. Tom Taylor. This was it's a well-done true. issue. It uh, I, I, you, you, um, you make it out of this right, Steph.
0: 1414. <laughs> <14, laughs> noted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> fourteen. The golden issue. The
0: golden issue.
2: Yes, it is the golden, the golden episode.
1: Walk
0: episode.
1: Um, it down, y'all. Batman Superman, World's Finest, number
2: five.
0: Am I the only one who read it?
2: I abstain. I definitely have to stay. See, okay. but I have a feeling I'm gonna have to read this because something tells me Mark Way going to reel me in. And it's
0: a thumbs up for me. I really liked it. And it actually had me on the edge of my seat because Superman gets like locked in this like never escapable cavern and you're like, How is he gonna get out? and Superman Mad figures it out and they save him and it's so good. But Robin is lost. Oh no, and then it ends. With Damien Robin in the present doing something. Trying to open the the cave that they just sealed up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's very interesting. I liked it. Thump thumb. thumb.
1: Catwoman number 45. Am I the only one who read this?
0: No, I read Catwoman. Okay. Neutral? So. The, the Bat Family stuff seemed really forced. Like, I was not a super fan of all of it. And I didn't quite understand how it all
1: fit in. So there's there's three different Bat Family interactions this one. Well. The Tim Drake interaction is a huge thumbs down for me because the way yeah. she treats Tim is just disrespectful. Um, the way she treats Dick is somewhat disrespectful, but it's Dick leaves a really beautiful voicemail for Catwoman, and surprisingly, it was very um, sweet and thoughtful, and I really enjoyed that voicemail. The Batgirl stuff was, whether you like Wait, it or not, I, is very appropriate for what's going on in the Batgirls title. So if you're not liking this. the Batgirls title, you won't like this.
2: Okay, but well, tell me about this voicemail thing. Because, well, again, not Cat So Woman Selena and,
1: and Dick meet while Selena's undercover at Penguin's Iceberg Lounge. And Selena sort of brushes him off, but he c- gives her a call, leaves her a voicemail about how he is sad that she didn't marry Bruce and he thinks that they could still have a healthy relationship, but she is still his family. And it was just a very thoughtful look at Selina and Bruce's relationship. And, oh, and I should also say that this issue reveals that Selina and Valmont have not slept together. And it's the other side of the thing we see in Batman 125, where it looks like Selina and Valmont slept together. Um, I am 100% sure they are going to sleep together in three issues because the solicit for the the uh, issue in October says that when your former lover
2: meets your current lover. And I'm like, okay, well, that means they're having to sex. Uh, I'm telling you, it's a conspiracy. That's going to happen. Bruce and Talia's going to do. I mean, they've already been kissing. It's just Batcat Cat fans, get used to it. It's coming, whether you want it or not. All right. So e- this...
1: So this I'm yeah. gonna give uh, I'm gonna give a neutral. Oh God, I still Jesus. think it's very bad, but we there, were, <laughs> there were good elements, and so I feel like I have to bump it up a little bit.
2: I am so proud of you, Ian.
1: <laughs> DC vs. Vampires All Out War number one.
0: Abstain.
1: I don't have a clue what that is. So this is a tie-in to the DC vs. Vampires Maxi series by Matt Rosenberg and James Tynan IV. Uh, the main story is kind of whatever it doesn't really have anything to do with batman except Azrael shows up as a vampire and then he gets cured and that's kind of cool and then he blows up but the backup is a <laughs> short story by Guillaume glane who did the cassandra kane um feature state story and this is a stephanie brown versus vampires uh backup in this universe and it is awesome Does she survive uh, she survives this issue. I don't think yeah. she's going to survive the
2: whole run, but she survives this issue. Yeah. The, 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 I, so I, while I say abstain, I will give it a neutral simply because I buy that title simply for the variant cover. It does have pretty yeah. great variants. Yes. Harley Quinn number 17.
0: Oh, yeah. Should we note that we're skipping One Dark Knight because none of us wanted to read it? <laughs>
2: I mean, you can. I just wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> I don't want to read it. I'm just reading it in all three parts. Only I'm reading that probably it. probably will because be better.
0: Because yeah. Like... It's,
2: only, it's only because others that I know have read it said it's better if read all at once. Yeah.
0: I ran out of time to sit down and do that, and I skimmed through it, and it was, it was, it's so dark. It's basically just reading speech bubbles on a black background.
1: So what you're saying but, is this uh, is a book form of the Batman movie, which was a movie yeah. form of a podcast.
0: <laughs> so I will try again later. We may come back to that. But Harley Quinn number 17, thumbs up, mostly because the storyline is finally finished. But I, I very much enjoyed that, that story. I'm glad it's over, but it was good.
1: I ran out of time. I want to read this, but I did not have a chance. Uh, Batman Fortress, number three. Yep. Abstain. Abstain. Neutral. Is the
2: art good? So, I've said this a few times when talking about Fortress. I am a fan of Derek Robinson, but I don't. I have not been a fan of his Batman stuff. I don't know why. It seems too much
1: like it, the boys, it, and I don't know. Maybe it, that's it,
2: unfair. I mean, it's... It, I know, you know, Bruce typically, you know, is this square jawed, buff guy. But if you look at Bruce sometimes, yeah, the, I, I'm I'm seeing the boys and I don't want to see that.
1: Yeah. I mean, part of the problem is Homelander was such a obvious caricature of Clark Kent. And Bruce and Clark often have like almost identical faces. So it's just really similar. And Homelander just did so many horrible things. that It's hard not to see it. Task Force Z, number ten, the all-bane all-the-time issue.
0: <laughs> neutral. This series is just—I don't even know what's going on me anymore. Neither.
1: It's, it was really it's, confusing.
0: It's the Mr. Bloom show.
1: <laughs> it was really confusing. It was.
0: I have no idea who, what wants what, and who is doing. I just—I'm so confused.
1: Yeah, I, this is a neutral for me too. And I've been liking this series, but like this one was like—I don't get it. Uh, Young Justice Targets, number one. This is the tie-in to the animated show.
0: Abstain, but I skimmed through it, and it seemed speedy-heavy and
1: eh, whatever. I thought it was fun. Uh, I'll give it a thumbs up. Wayne Family Adventures. Uh, we had a couple mm-hmm. of episodes of this released over the last couple weeks, including a really funny one where Bruce and Clark spy on Alfred and Clark's parents having a sort of afternoon out. And they get caught, and it's hilarious.
0: It's hilarious. Thumbs up. That There's very, very... I think there's been, like, two weeks so far that I haven't loved of the however long it's been out.
1: Were they
2: both the Bernard issues? or was it? They just... were
0: both the Bernard issues. You... Yep, yep,
2: okay. <laughs> Fair Those enough. are the only issues that I have not read and have no interest in reading. Um, I mean, I, I still don't know why they even put it in there.
1: I... I do. I'm kind of sad, because uh the first season is coming to an end i'm almost positive we're going to do more because this series has been ridiculously popular um but there's only a couple more episodes left before it ends and so i just wanted to give it a plug on the podcast and um it's really sweet it's often very clever and if you are Uh, the thing is like if you're a fan of any of the characters almost all of them get little arcs so you'll you'll get a little story just focused on your favorite and it's great and lastly robin number 16
0: Thumbs up. I did love the scene with uh, Hawk where they're staring at dead Man. They're like, is it a trap? Oh, yeah, it's a trap. It's a trap, <laughs> <laughs> like we had discussed last time. So that was pretty fun. I don't quite get why What's Her Butt has a new outfit.
2: What's what? What's Her Butt? Well, flatline. It's flatline. Well, flatline? Was, yeah, she seemed. Oh, well, remember, she's taken over. Supposedly, she's taken over yeah. the game, So she's kind of the.
0: Yes, but why is she, like, following? What was it? Talia?
2: No. Nope. Is it Dahlia? Yep,
1: Dahlia. She says, yeah. I'm a fan of your mom.
0: Yeah, that's creepy. Um, <laughs> a little, whatever the word is, uh, 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 Ophiolitic? Anyway.
1: I think that's Electra Complex, but I'm not sure. I forget which one it is. But...
2: Okay, so if none of you going to say it, I'm going to say it. If anyone has an issue with Lord Deathman, and...
0: Uh, oh, yeah, no, no, I blocked that from my memory.
2: I you blocked, blocked
0: it. I have a therapy session on Thursday. So I might talk to my therapist when, about it.
2: When you could, <laughs> when you could plant your lips and slip your tongue down a skull and <laughs> 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 just, like, what the hell is this? Okay.
0: Yeah, grandma, grandma Talia Ghul. What's her name?
2: Grandma uh, Soul.
0: Grandma Soul. Whatever is smacking at with Lord Deathman. That <laughs> it's was so icky.
2: So gross. <laughs> It was so awesome. hilarious. Like, yeah, so 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 hilarious. It was awesome. Like thumbs up. all of like, DC Twitter is just laughing about it. They think it's hilarious. Again, the one book we do not want Joshua Williamson to leave. He's and he's leaving. it, it so sad. Mark Wade and I'm upset.
1: Yeah, this book not also a gets a thumbs up for me. It is um, a little lower stakes than I'd hope for the final arc, but it's very. It's just fun. Come on. And that wraps up Greater Gotham.
2: Sorry to interrupt, Master Booth. Ringing your phone now. This needs my attention.
1: So we have one lengthy piece of listener feedback.
0: We do. Dear TBU podcast crew. That's us. That's you and me. Thank you for another lovely episode. While I enjoyed Steph and Theo's takeover of the podcast episode before, it was nice to have the Holy Trinity back in full attendance. Woo. I want to thank Theo for his affection for Cassandra Kane. I never had a chance to read her Batgirl run in the early 2000s. Having triplets and finishing my doctorate kept me busy, as it should. But his comments over the past year encouraged me to go back on DC Infinite Universe and start from issue number one. Throughout the run, there were consistently good stories and art, especially the early issues by Puckett and Scott. If only the new Black Girl series could live up to the Cassandra Stephanie story in Black Girl issue number 53. That tale captured the essence of their friendship. A few podcasts ago, there was a debate on where Williamson's run compares to the previous authors on the Batman title. While I agree with Theo that Dixon and Nolan were always... Near the top, fondest for my younger days, I had mixed feelings about King's Run. After Ian's continued praise for those issues, I decided to sit and read it once again. While it did help to read it straight through without delay, I am still indecisive about the work. There were so many great things done to Bruce on an emotional level. However, there were so many inconsistencies, never followed through storylines, and off-panel storytelling that prevents me from saying it was great. I will do the same thing with Batman and Catwoman. Now that the 12 issues are complete, my life is very busy, so I read comics for relaxation. I don't want to have to get a decoder ring to figure out what is happening. I am thankful for Ian's comments on how to understand the story. Where does Zadarsky's first issue rank compared to others? I would place it right before J.T.'s first issue, mainly because his was such a breath of fresh air from the emotional roller coaster that King took us through. I'm glad Zdarsky is on the book. The Batman book should have the best writers and artists, period. The last half year, I quit buying Batman in favor of the sidekick books Robin and Nightwing because they excelled in both. My new favorite is Beyond Flashpoint because I'm hoping that Thomas Wayne will be redeemed from what came to him during City of Bane. Steph's words encouraged me to read Batman, The Night, which is phenomenal. Yes, it is. Thank you for that recommendation. I have also picked up World's Finest because of Dan Mora. Yeah, you should. <laughs> that was my commentary. My time and money are valuable commodities, so I'm only going to read books that tell a good story with great art. Your podcast guided me in the right direction. Thank you for all your work on the podcast. Your thoughtful reviews and playful banter keep my mind entertained during my morning runs and mundane moments of life. Sincerely, Dr. K. As in the letter K.
1: Well, that is one of the nicest comments we've had. Very thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. Really appreciate you sharing those thoughts on the runs. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons we do the podcast is so that people can, and especially Greater Gotham, so we can provide a take- and especially multiple perspectives on books so people can sort of figure out where they might fall and make choices on what they might want to buy. I am so happy that I was able to convince
2: somebody to read Cassandra Cain run.
1: Yeah, and I'm also really glad that DC Universe Infinite gives people that chance because like, a lot of these things are out of print so the ability to just sit down and Blaze through a bunch of those classic comics like Cass and Steph's runs on Batgirl and No Man's Land and Nightfall. Like those things can be hard to get. And if you just pay your subscription fee, you can just read through them. It's great.
2: And and I don't read it as much as I used to when it first came out, you know, back when it was originally just, you know, DC Universe. And, you know, even now it's still worth the cost, the annual cost because I can always, if I, if I see a story or hear something, you know, about something that I haven't read yet, I just go in and pull it out. You know, right before, you know, they release the new line of Milestone, you know, I use DC Universe Infinite to just catch up on all of that stuff just so that I can get myself prepared for the new series. And again, it's well worth the price.
0: We missed something in the news. Speaking of my personal recommendations, <laughs> the final issue of Future State Gotham is coming out in October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll never have Future State again.
1: This is cause for celebration in world. LA. <laughs> I'm so pleased that I'm not gonna have to review this garbage fire of a title after October.
0: Oh Doctor K you have to read Future State Gotham.
1: You
2: really don't. <laughs> You really don't. Don't. Do not listen to Steph on this one. You do eat.
1: That's one you can definitely wait for futures to for it to hit DC Universe intro You could. You can wait for or that or not. <laughs> All That's right. Weird. So that brings us to the end of our podcast. So I'm going to read our supporters. This is the Patreons to support us as a certain level. We appreciate all your support, and we're going to start with Lisa Slack, Ian Miller, Gerald Green, Joshua Lappin-Bertoni, Rob O., Tim Garassi, Robert Lewis, Stephanie Mouse, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Jessica Morales, and David Richards. Thank you all for contributing. We really appreciate that you help us to keep our backlog of podcast episodes up and all our views all our archives uh so they're a resource for people who might you know be starting batman and they want to find out what people thought back in 2010 or 2015 or 2018 2018 is when steph and i started so it's an important year (laughs) but thank you for contributing thank you for supporting and most of all i want to thank everyone for listening so that brings us to the end i've been your host ian
0: this is Steph,
1: and this is steve thanks for listening we'll see you next time